The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. Welcome to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. Today, we're going to be discussing how you can increase your nutrition up to 800% with sprouting. And the good news is that sprouting is also going to save you a ton of money on groceries and medical bills. So stay tuned until the end, and I'm going to share with you where you can get some quality seeds and how you can get started sprouting and make it really easy. But before we get into it, I want to read you guys a quick testimony. I've got a few of these sprinkled into the show today. Um, I pulled some out that actually where people commented on, on, on sprouting. So the first one is from Stacy in Oregon. She says, thanks, Tim. Thanks for all your support and encouragement. For me, it's very natural to start sprouting again since my mom and dad ate organic only and grew sprouts when I was growing up. Everyone thought that they were hippies as as I was a teenager, I started eating processed food. Now she's probably rebelling there, which is pretty typical. Later in life, I started having debilitating headaches and when I met you at the Portland Veg Fest, our conversation reminded me of what my parents had taught me so long ago. After taking your products and eating sprouts again, within three weeks, my headaches were gone. Awesome. And I have my life back. I want to continue to feel better, improve my gut and my quality of life. And I work and work in a healing profession myself. So Stacy, thanks for that. That's a great testimony um, about sprouting and our products. So really appreciate it. So why am I, why is Tim James qualified to tell you about sprouting? Well, when I first got back to, um, to my home from Hippocrates Health Institute when my buddy uh, Charles had gotten cancer and um, you know, they were growing tons of sprouts there. In fact, that was the, that was the medicine. In fact, they talked about the most nutritious foods from the earth are sprouts land-based. And uh, this is not just sprouts, but sprouted nuts, sprouted seeds, sprouted grains and beans and all this stuff. So when you go to the Hippocrates Health Institute, the food that you're consuming Um, is the medicine and 50% of it by weight, by weight is sprouts or things that have been sprouted. So um, I went there um, feeling like crap, had all my health issues, overweight, gut issues, bleeding rectally, all these things. And, um, uh, you know, basically got on this sprout diet, living foods and went through a detox, kind of a healing crisis, didn't feel good. And then after about four days, I felt like I was freaking 19 years old again, energy running through my veins. I, I felt my arms were tingling. My mental clarity was amazing. So I came home and I started sprouting right away. Now I failed miserably for a while on a lot of sprouts. The one that took off for me right in the beginning was wheatgrass and we were juicing that, but I struggled with sunflower sprouts and pea sprouts until I got really good seeds And I found out that that was the key and a couple other tips that I'm going to give you at the end on on how to get started on this because it was such a powerful transformation. So anyway, I start growing sprouts. I'm telling all my friends about, oh my God, my, this is amazing and blah, blah, blah. And they all thought I was crazy, like literally crazy 
what is going on? See, for me, it wasn't that big a deal because I grew up on a farm. So growing things was kind of a natural process. You stick seeds in the ground and up comes the crop. And we had a huge garden. We did that every year. So I was used to it. But a lot of people um, from my city slicker friends, um, they had never grown anything before. Maybe they grew um, something when they were in second grade. I think I remember back in second grade, they had, we, we grew something. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was a sunflower. I can't even remember now. Um, I think we did potatoes too. They had us grow potatoes. They'd stick the toothpicks in them, you know, and grow the potatoes in school and, and that kind of stuff. And then you go plant them. And then all of a sudden you'd have a ton of potatoes from this one potato. And it's like, when you're a little kid, you're like, wow, I can take this one potato and I can turn it into many. And th- these things start making impressions on you. But a lot of people that grew up in the cities, you know, or never experienced this. And they're disconnected from nature because they're living in con- on concrete and pavement and on the second floor. And they're just disconnected from the earth. And they never really had their hands in the soil. In fact, if they did, you know, their mom slapped them on the wrist and said, get out of there. You're going to get dirty. You're going to get sick. In reality, it was the exact opposite. If you want to get healthy, you got to stick your hands and your face in the dirt and get those good bacteria. So again, why am I qualified to tell you about sprouting? Because I turned in to, uh, I, I just started growing everything. In fact, I was growing 70 to 80% of the food I ate. So I was sprouting everything. Friends started coming over, seeing my huge trays of sprouts in these racks inside the house. And they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. What is that? And I'm like, oh, these are sunflower sprouts and these are pea sprouts and these are buckwheat sprouts. And this is, you know, over here, I got uh, wheatgrass and, you know, all this other things that I was sprouting. And I'd tell them a little detox and nutrition story that I learned at the Institute and they were like, wow, this is awesome. I want to try it. Will you grow these sprouts for me? No, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Actually, it was my buddy, John Taylor, who uh, wanted me to do it first. And then he talked me into it. I don't know how he did it because I was really busy as a financial advisor at the time. And growing sprouts was, you know, it was new. It was different. I wasn't sure about it, but I just, you know, getting it done. And um, reluctantly, I said, okay, I'll do it for you. The next day, he brings over his buddy, Eric. Hey, tell Eric your story. I tell him the story. And then Eric's like, grow me some sprouts too. So I'm like, all right. So before too long, uh, my little grow rack had turned into double the size because I was growing for John and Eric and a few other people because these guys started sending me people. And then before too long, all these people kept coming over and I kept telling my little detox and nutrition story that I learned in my story at Hippocrates and me and Charles's transformations and how I was healing and he was healing a cancer. And, um, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people with cancer started coming to us. So what I did was, is I had to retrofit my garage. And I turned I, I, I turned my whole garage into a sprouting outfit, and I built these massive racks. I was I remember being up till two three in the morning working on these racks, cutting pipe. I made them all out of PVC. These custom big, huge racks that would hold multiple trays. I, I modeled the, the the ones that they had at the Hippocrates Health Institute, and with mine, I put wheels on them so I could wheel them out from time to time and clean the garage and make it easy. And um, got that done. It was a lot of work. And it cost a few hundred dollars to make these big, huge things. Um, but I got it done. And before too long, I started teaching classes on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights every week. And I had anywhere from one person to 13 people showing up at my home, probably average six to eight. Uh, and this went on for five and a half years where, where people were coming over. We were making, we're talking about living foods. We're talking about juicing and sprouting because I healed myself through juicing and, and having these fresh living foods in my house 360 days a year. These are the sprouts. And um, it was just wonderful. We'd go into the garage and 
and the garage had like 30% oxygen levels and I had like clove essential oil going in there to kill stuff, you know, any, you know, bacteria and that kind of stuff growing in there. And then I had a humidifier in there, keeping it right at 50% humidity and a temperature gauge. I had adjusted it to the house temperature and piped it. So it would be just like the temperature of my home sealed up the little things around the garage door and stuff like that. And the, and the other side door in the garage. So, you know, it was like really, you know, bugs and stuff couldn't really get in spiders and all mice and that kind of stuff sealed it up real nice and tight and and um i started growing sprouts and delivering them to 40 to 50 people a week and i did that for for five years and actually had to hire somebody to help me because it was just it was just too much i mean you know delivering to 40 to 50 people a week and being a full-time financial advisor at a big firm that was very productive we were doing seminars um two nights a week you know so tuesdays and thursdays um well actually when was that? So, yeah. So anyway, it was like, um, sometimes it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. I couldn't make all of them because I was, um, I was doing my sprouting thing, but, um, oh, that's when I broke away from Jeff's business, started my own company called healthy financial. I, I became an independent and then I stopped doing those, but for a while I was doing those and I was teaching the classes on the weekend. So, um, anyway, so that was the story, but so what ended up happening is I have a lot of experience doing, uh, sprouting because I, I grew sprouts almost like commercially on a small level for tons of people. And most of these clients were cancer patients. In fact, I had a guy from California come up. He heard about us um, through the grapevine in the, um, I guess, the sprout network, if you want to call it that. And he owned one of the largest distributions of um, sprouts. And he had this 14,000 square foot warehouse down in California. And um, wonderful guy. He comes up to see me and he said, hey, I've been to a lot of uh, sprouting operations um, where people uh, on a small level doing what you're doing. He's like, I got to tell you, he's like, these are the highest quality sprouts I've seen. He said, they're not as not quite to the level where mine are because I have everything completely climate controlled. and Everything's tested because they um, are very rigorous on our testing. And, you know, most businesses, if they, they come in and test you and you get you can A, B, C, D you know, F. And if you get a C or higher, you can stay in business. But in my business, I have to get an A or they'll shut me down because they, they want to shut me down because they're afraid of E. coli and salmonella and that kind of stuff. So anyway, I was really proud of that fact um, that I had a guy who had been growing sprouts for 20 some years. He said mine were the best quality he'd ever seen in a small shop like that. So I think that's why I'm qualified to tell you about sprouting and also um, how sprouting has changed my life. So just remember what Hippocrates said, the father of medicine. He said, let your food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. So, so why is sprouting so important? Well, uh, roughly, um, we've talked about this before, about 85% of these essential nutrients that are in our soil have just been farmed out. And when I say essential, I mean, we will die without these, okay? So I'm not talking about dropping dead on the spot. What I'm talking about is actually way worse. What I'm talking about is living a life that is uh, the shell of what your total life could be because you don't have the mental clarity. You don't have the energy. You're carrying around an extra 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 pounds like, you know, like I was carrying around all this weight, your skin starts manifesting, you know, skin issues like mine did. You could have headaches like the gal that I just talked to you about that had that wonderful testimony, you know, so you're going through life and you're just kind of existing and you're not really, you know, feeling your best. You know, when you wake up like this morning, I woke up and I was like, I got a good night's sleep and I, you know, I just felt so good and I got a green juice in 
And it's, you know, it's got sprouts in there. And then I went and trail ran and I took my turmeric product to reduce my inflammation. I just, I feel good. I felt really good. And I'm 47 years old. I'll be 48 in June and I, and it's 2021 now. Um, and I just feel fantastic. I feel fantastic. And, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't, I felt like garbage 10 years ago. So, um, so sprouts are really, really important. And I don't want you to go through life feeling like I was feeling. Um, and I did this for 10 years. So all we have to do is really simple. We just plug ourselves back into nature and let nature take over. It's billions of years old. And there's all this cool stuff inside of sprouts that we're going to get into later and plants. So anyway, so that's it. So we want you to have a really good quality of life. And that's why sprouts is um, so important. So now we're all aware that as a society that our bodies are deprived of these essential nutrients. But there's another problem. How do you get your hands on these fresh, any fresh quality food, you know, fresh sprouts, fresh plants, fresh herbs and veggies and stuff like that? Um, most people have very limited access and a lot of people have no access, especially a lot of children and, and families in inner cities. Again, it's, it's concrete, it's pavement and all this stuff. Um, then there's another issue. There's this thing uh, called winter. You know, and you get up here in the northern hemisphere and uh, the winter comes and not a lot of stuff's growing outside. I know back home in eastern Oregon, it's, you know, it's 30 degrees right now and the snow's on the ground. So there's not a lot of, um, you know, cucumbers growing out outside, right? You can't go pick that. So fresh food's hard to find in the winter. And, and then we also have had additional issues with this COVID supply chain delays. And that's been a problem getting fresh food to people. And then there's other things called natural disasters like the forest fires that we had last summer that devastated my home state of Oregon last year and also devastated California's agriculture, which represents about 20% of our food production in the United States. So it was decimated all the, the smoke and the ash landing on all these, um, uh, all these plants and all these vegetables and stuff like that. Um, you know, and even in the fish hatcheries, um, not that I'm, you know, uh, the fish hatcheries where that ash went into the water and then it turns to lye and it's killing all those little fish. So, you know, just big problems with fire. So you've got natural disasters that all these reasons is why learning how to sprout in your home is so critical. It solves all these problems and it puts you back in the driver's seat when it comes to protecting your health and the health of your family. So, Right now, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, I'm going to cover some of the science behind sprouting and what you can expect uh, when you implement this amazing information and these amazing plants, these little baby plants, into your lifestyle. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm health coach Tim James from ChemicalFreeBody.com. We're offering you a great opportunity to try our health coaching for free. So click on the get offer button to book a free 30 minute health coaching call. Also, as a thank you for booking with us, I'm going to give you this uh, free copy of our gut detox guide for you to download. This is a $67 value. You're going to love it. We use it with all our coaching clients. I use it myself. So book your health coaching call right now and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, Health Heroes, Tim James here. I'm back, and man, am I excited to talk to you about sprouts today. It's one of my passions in life is um, growing fresh food for myself and sharing this, this uh, you know, ancient technology with so many people. I mean, the Earth's been growing food for us for years. 
decades, millennia, billions of years. It's been growing up for all the other creatures too. And all we really need to do is just plug into it. So sprouting has changed my life. And speaking of changing um, uh, someone's life, I'm going to read you another testimony. Remember, I told you I was going to sprinkle these in. So here's another one from Janet from Iowa. She said that sprouting has changed my life. I have so much more focus, energy, and less hunger since I started sprouting. I also feel lighter, uh, which is awesome. Um, I also notice I am not experiencing as much anxiety as I was. And I think it's from the process of soaking and planting the sprouts, which I find very relaxing, a natural experience. I also love your detox and nutrition products. They're as close to nature as I could find in the market. Thank you, Tim and Chemical Free Body. Well, Janet, thank you for your comments. We really appreciate it. And I'm so glad that um, that you're sprouting now too, because it's like, it's such a game changer. And that's why I wanted to do a whole show about it because it's so powerful. And, and stay tuned for future episodes because I'll probably get some other people on um, that are also big into sprouting so we can get uh, just more information. And, you know, sometimes repetition's the mother of skill. Listen to this episode, um, listen to it again um, so that it drills in. I really want you to understand like how powerful this is. So why don't we get into... Um, some of the science behind sprouting and, and, you know, and why would you do it? So number one, let's talk about HOPE, H-O-P-E. This is an acronym that I learned at the Hippocrates Health Institute that starts, uh, that stands for hormones, that's the H, oxygen, phytochemicals, and enzymes, HOPE, H-O-P-E. So that's really cool. Hormones, oxygen, phytochemicals, and enzymes. This is a great acronym to help you remember some of the scientific power that comes in sprouts. So let's talk about hormones um, out of the gate. So when you consume a living food, you're going to be putting hormones, naturally occurring hormones into your body. Well, why is that a big deal? Well, that's going to allow your body, your cells to communicate better and more than ever do we need this fresh living foods into our body so our cells can communicate better. Why? Well, one big reason is we have a lot of stress on the body from just stress itself, but we have toxic stress. And one of those toxic stresses is coming from crude oil products, specifically plastics. Plastics are off-guessing these estrogen-mimicking substances that throw off our hormonal balance. I've talked about this multiple times where the water scientists have gone 1,500 miles into the interior of the and found these pristine lakes, you know, 1,500 miles away from any man. And they're finding that the little two and two and a half inch fish have both male and female organs. Why is that? It's because of these microscopic estrogen mimicking little particles of plastic that have gotten into the atmosphere and into the rainwater, into the lakes. It's everywhere. And these little hormone disruptors are affecting the fish and they're turning them into hermaphrodites. Same thing you're going to find in the amphibians and all the little fishies in the creeks and the tributaries and the rivers and end of the ocean, it gets worse. I mean, we can look at the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. We're talking about a massive, it's almost like a land mass of plastic floating around out in the Pacific Ocean that is so big. I think it's like the size of Texas. It's a big deal. It's a big one. And it's so bad that like ships have to plot courses to go around it. Okay. And it's 
plastic. And when the sun hits it and those UV rays are hitting that plastic, it's breaking it down to those small particles and the little creatures are swallowing them up and it goes up the food chain and it ends up in us. It's ending up in us. So what could that lead to for us? Well, that could be cancer, um, uh, cyst development, ovarian cysts, uterine cysts, breast cancer, prostate cancer, and you guys listening out there, man boobs. Okay. You want man boobs? That's why I got off of all. I, I don't do plastic. I, I go to glass. I just had, um, I just had a big green 85 juice, uh, scoop of green 85 juice for me and a big thing of purified restructured water. And it was in a glass Mason jar. That's what I put it in. I don't, I do my best to stay away from plastic because I don't want man boobs. And that's another reason I got off of, um, soy too. So these plants are so, it's so important to have living foods because if the food's cooked, hormones are gone. They're, they're toast. All right, let's go on to the next one. O for oxygen. Okay, why is oxygen a big deal? Well, it's our number one nutrient. So it is so important for almost every process in the body. You breathe in the oxygen, it's for the brain. I mean, if your oxygen levels drop just a little bit, you're literally become dumber. You, your IQ actually drops. Same thing with water, if your water content's down. And what's water? H2O. So it's got oxygen in it. That's why it's so important to drink water because it has oxygen. So what does oxygen do that you can get out of these plants? Well, sprouts, as an example, are, eight, are roughly uh, the green leafy ones are about 80% water. And in there is that oxygen, okay? Oxygen is also the byproduct of photosynthesis. So when a plant has the photosynthesis, it's basically, it takes in the carbon dioxide, does its deal, and it spits out what? It spits out oxygen. So that's why we have a symbiotic relationship with plants. We give them carbon dioxide, they give us oxygen. That's why this whole, you know, whole carbon thing where carbon's bad for the environment to me is like the stupidest thing I could ever imagine. Carbon is, or carbon dioxide is fuel for plants. They need it. Okay. They need it. So plants have to have this. So what does oxygen do for us inside of our bodies that we get from these little baby sprouts? Well, it fights viruses, bacteria, mold, yeast, fungus, mutagens, cancers, and parasites. All these harmful organisms, they hate oxygen. They love a low oxygen environment and they they love a high acid environment. When I went to the Hippocrates Health Institute, let me tell you, my body was very high acid and low oxygen. And they put me on the highest alkaline, highest oxygen diet on the planet. And it changed my chemistry. And then my body started expressing itself differently. And it went back into healing mode and healthy mode. That's what happened. So that's why you want to have sprouts because sprouts are going to pump that oxygen directly into your body through your digestive tract. It's freaking awesome. And then the viruses, the bacteria, the molds, the yeast, the fungus, the mutagens, these cancers and parasites don't stand a chance. It's pretty awesome. So get as many sprouts in you as you can. Okay. Now, oh, and it's also used in our lymphatic system. So our lymphatic system, which is our garbage removal system, also requires oxygen. It requires movement, water, and oxygen. So that's another reason why we want to have these sprouts because they have oxygen in them. Okay. Let's go to the P in hope. Um, I think I'll just tell you a story about Oregon State University. So here in my home state, Oregon State University is one of the top phytochemical research um, places in the world. So P stands for phytochemicals or 
phytonutrients. That phyto just is a, is a confusing word that means plant. So you got your plant nutrients. That's what it really is. And there's, these are some microscopic things that you can't really see, but there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, could be millions of these microscopic phytochemicals, phytonutrients inside of plants that can heal the body and protect the body and be very protective of um, against disease, premature aging, and this kind of stuff. So I'll give you an example. In 2010, the, the University of the Oregon State University checked wheatgrass and they were just testing the phytochemicals in wheatgrass. And they found at, to that point, uh, 2010, about 70,000 phytochemicals that could reverse and prevent disease. Pretty powerful, right? Well, a couple of years later, 2012, guess what? They, they were counting up to 74,000. Now they had 74,000 of these phytochemicals, these little microscopic nutrients that could heal us and pre prevent disease just in wheatgrass, okay? And all plants have them. So these living foods have them and these are sprouts. Sprout, sprouted stuff has these phytochemicals. But again, as soon as you cook it, boom, the phytochemicals are dead they're gone, they're done. So that's why living foods are so critical because your body needs it. You know, so many people um, know about vitamins and minerals and trace minerals and how important those essential nutrients are to the body. But nobody's really educated us on the hormones, the oxygen, the phytochemicals. And now the last one that I wanna talk about, one of my favorites, enzymes. Enzymes are so powerful. They, you know, they are a protein, but if we just left it at that, it would be like saying, like Dr. Clement said, it's like saying um, an almond is just the shell without talking about the nut on the inside and the benefits of the nut. So the outer layer of enzymes is a protein, but it's the carrier of electric. This is the charge, the life force and our bodies are electric. Literally, we're electric beings. If I was to hook you up to an EKG or take you to a hospital and they hook you up to an EKG to monitor your heart rate, what's that measuring? That's measuring your electrical impulse, right? It would be like beep, beep, beep. And that's what you want to hear. You don't want to hear beep. You flatlined, you're dead, your electric is over. So if when you die, the electrical impulse goes flatlined, doesn't it make sense that you need electric? So where are you getting your electric? Well, there's different things you can get it from. One, you can actually stick your bare feet on the ground and electrify yourself. Um, you can get negative ion charge from being around beaches and forests and being outside in nature. Um, I've got a Himalayan salt lamp behind me. That's making a little bit of negative ions. There's other machines and stuff. But one of the best ways to get electric into the body is uh, in light. You also get light from the sun, but one of the best ways is to eat a living food, a sprout. Sprouts have these in them. They have these enzymes. They are the carriers. They are the, the shell of the nut carrying the almond into the body. They're carrying the electric into your body and actually charging your cells. This is why in all of our products, we make sure that we don't um, heat the products over 110 degrees. It's very critical because, you know, a lot of people are like 115 to 118 is kind of the, you know, that's when the enzymes start dying off. So we're very careful, 110 degrees, we go way below that. 
And we want the enzymes. We want those enzymes to be active. We want that electrical charge to be transferred when you drink the green 85 juice or you take the gut detox or you take the toxin detox or, or whatever product that you're taking of ours. Because we know how powerful these enzymes are and they're in everything. They're in everything. They aid digestion. They help you um, deactivate aflatoxins, which are, are carcinogens, like aflatoxins you could get off of peanuts. Um, that's why I don't do peanut butter anymore. I switched to almond butter and walnut butter and cashew butter and all these other things. Um, and, you know, the University of Berkeley in California actually did a test on enzymes. It was really cool. They tested a head of lettuce um, in the ground, hooked it up to a machine and tested the enzymes. And then, and then 30 minutes later, they, um, they well, they, they cut the lettuce. And then they waited 30 minutes and then they tested it 30 minutes after cutting it and removing it from its roots and removing it from the soil. How much do you think the enzymes had dropped in just 30 minutes? About 52%. Think about that. The enzymes dropped 52% in 30 minutes. These are these enzymes that are going to charge your cells that are going to aid in digestion, deactivate these aflatoxins and do all the other things. Follow there's a book out there called, uh, I think it's called Enzyme Therapy. Um, I can't believe I forgot his name, but there's a doctor on it. It's 50 years uh, research on, uh, on enzyme therapy. I got it here somewhere. Can't believe I'm forgetting it right now. But it's, it's awesome. It's like enzymes. There's digestive enzymes, there's, um, which are great for digestion. These are all in the plants. And then there's systemic enzymes. These are great for, you know, eating scar tissue up in the body from scars and accidents and, and surgeries. And also if you have cancer, you can look, at, you can look into it. Just look up, um, uh, you know, enzyme therapy book. And um, hopefully I'll remember that doctor's name, but it's a really great book, 50 years of his work on that stuff. So anyway, back to the University of Berkeley in California story. They, so they test this head of lettuce. And again, 30 minutes later, the enzymes have dropped like 50%. What do you think happens when these heads of lettuce or the turnips that were picked or the grapes or whatever is then put into a, a truck and then it's taken to a big warehouse cold storage probably. And then it's loaded into bigger trucks and then they, you know, they, they fill it full of chemicals so it doesn't go bad. And then on average, most people don't know this. Are you aware that our produce is shipped on average 1500 to 2,500 miles before it arrives at its destination at the, at the grocery store? Or, uh, that's crazy. It's, it's, a, that's, a, that's, that takes a little bit of time, right? And then you go to the store, you purchase the vegetables, you go home, you put them in the refrigerator and the next day you make your, you know, your stir fry and you chop your veggies up and throw them in there. Are there, is there any hope in those? No, there's no hormones. There's no oxygen. There's no phytochemicals and enzymes. Number one, because you cooked them, but number two, they died along the way, most of them, right? And then if you cook them, you whack out the rest of them. That's why it's so important to have raw and more importantly, living foods into your bodies to put that hope back into your body. So sprouting actually increases. Now listen to this, hold your hats on this. It will can increase your nutrition 100 to 800%. Think about that, 100 to 800%. Who doesn't want more nutrition? Everybody wants to have more nutrition, but again, it's hard to get to inner cities, um, 
uh, availability, it's tough. That's where sprouts again come in so beautifully. Let me give you an example, just talking about nuts and specifically nut butters. So when I learned about the peanut butter deal with the aflatoxins and it was like kills people um, in third world countries because they get like the B and C grade with more aflatoxins in them, we get the A grade peanuts. So it's only killing us a little teeny bit. Um, I was freaked out. So I went to almond butter. Well, I'm looking at almond butters and here's your options. You can have roasted almond butter. Well, that sounds good. I grew up with roasted peanut butter my whole life. Then you go to, that's about the same price, a little bit more money. Then you go to raw almond butter, organic, non-GMO. It's all beautiful. There's a company called Art Artisana. And I bought that stuff for a long time. It's like 19 to 21 dollars for a 16 ounce bottle of it. And people are like, that's too expensive. And I'm like, no, you don't understand that other stuff has been cooked and the oils inside the nut have been converted to a lipid peroxide. These are known carcinogens. That's why you never want to cook oils because there's oils in the nuts or fats. These fats convert to these lipid peroxides. So you want raw. Well, then I learned about sprouted. Well, geez, sprouted nut butter, 16, uh, 16 ounces is going to run you, you know, 25 to 32 bucks. And a lot of people are like, there's no way I'm buying that. That's too expensive. That's stupid. But guess what? That sprouted nut butter is 100 to 800% more nutritious. Let me put this in perspective. You would have to buy 100 to 800 bottles of the really good raw one to be equivalent nutritionally to the one jar of the sprouted nut butter. That's why it's so important. The sprouted butters are the bargains. They're the bargains. And if you want to get the deals, like I'm, I'm all about deals. I'm all about budget. I get that. We recommend a company called Blue Mountain Organics. And I'll say it again because I love that company, Blue Mountain Organics. You can actually buy sprouted nut butters in the little jars. It's fairly expensive. But if you go to the 10 pounds, because you use it a lot like we do, the price goes way down. You know, it's like maybe... 15 to $18 per 16 ounces. But if you go to the 40 pounder, you can get like an almond butter, sprouted almond butter down to, you know, with shipping and everything around 10, 11, 12 bucks for that little jar, which then it's about the same as the roasted. And this isn't going to give you cancer. This is going to give you a hundred to 800% more nutrition. There ain't no aflatoxins in it because it's not peanuts. It's not molded in the ground. This is the, what I use with my athletes or people wanting to build muscle and put on weight, we use sprouted nut butters. And we also take those sprouted nut butters and put a scoop in water in a blender. Five, five seconds later, you've got a sprouted nut milk with two ingredients, purified restructured water and that sprouted nut butter. And I have this wonderful milk doesn't have any you know, xanthan gum or any citric acid or any stuff. And it hasn't, if it, and it hasn't been cooked, you know, a lot of these healthy nut milks in the stores, by law, they have to pasteurize them, which means they have to cook them at high temperatures, which means they kill them. They kill all these nutrients. We don't want that. You want the really good stuff. So, and we take our green 85 juice formula and we have people mix that with about 16 ounces of this sprouted nut milk. You make it home in five seconds, shake it up and drink that twice a day, get some good sleep and do your weight resistance exercises and hold your hats because you're going to start putting on a lot of muscle. All right. So, um, also, sprouting removes uh, phytic acid. 
This is a substance that binds with minerals and inhibits the body's ability to absorb these essential nutrients in the food being consumed. Um, sprouting also converts glutens into simple sugars. So this is why I disagree with the whole paleo movement on this one part. What I love about paleo is they get them off of dairy and they get you off of sugars. Tremendous. You're going to see tremendous results by doing those two things. That's, that's just like, I, I want to, I want to applaud them for that part, but to, you know, slam dunk and up, up your meat intake and say that grains are bad. I don't agree. What I, what I, what they're missing though, is they didn't sprout the grain. Once you sprout the grain, these glutens and how many people out there are gluten sensitive? A lot of us. Okay. At some level, probably all of us. And some people have it really bad. It's called celiac disease. So why is it that, you know, for over 65 years, people could go to the Hippocrates Health Institute and the foundation to their program is wheatgrass juice, wheatgrass juice. People are having gluten intolerances. They have celiac disease. They can't do wheat. So why are they able to do wheatgrass juice? Well, it's because the, the kernels have been sprouted. Those glutens convert to a simple sugar. There's no gluten anymore. And then it goes to a second stage where that plant grows into... Um, a grass, it's harvested and then juiced and the, ju and the cellulose is tossed and that, 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 that wonderful juice is left. And it's very powerful. Again, Oregon State University, 74,000 phytochemicals and counting in 2012. I haven't checked in 2021, but I, I bet they're probably over 80,000, maybe 100,000 by now. I don't know, but it's a lot and they're still counting. So it's so important. That's why you have to, and I, I will say this, if you do have celiac disease or gluten intolerance, especially if they're severe, be very careful when you're doing this. Try some sprouted grains or wheatgrass and that kind of stuff, but just take a little tiny bit. Don't take a whole lot. Take a little tiny bit. Wait 15, 20 minutes. Make sure there's no allergic reaction and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, we can get into glyphosate, but that's a whole nother story. Um, has very similar um, properties as far as um, uh, side effects and stuff like, like gluten. So, Anyway, I'm going to read, I know this is a long segment, but I'm going to read this um, article to kind of really, it's from John Hopkins um, Medicine to really tie down how powerful sprouts are. Okay, so this is, the, this is an article written by Melissa Hendricks, Johns Hopkins Medicine. And um, again, I want to share this with you to demonstrate the power of sprouts and how the truth has transcended the censorship by those who want you to stay weak and sick and stuck in a broken food and medical system. Okay. So first off, I want to preface this. This article is about a doctor. His name's Paul Talalay, MD. He was a distinguished professor at Johns Hopkins from Yale University of Medicine, and he ran the pharmacological and molecular sciences department and studies in molecular mechanisms involved in chemo protection against cancer. Okay. Now, just so you know, most of the people at Johns Hopkins um, were looking to find a cure for cancer. They were not focused on prevention. That's what the whole mothership was headed towards, cure, not getting to prevention. So this guy went against the grain and I commend him for that. Here's, what the, here's the title of the article. More reasons to eat those vegetables. Hopkins scientists expand their 20-year mission to understand the disease-deterring benefits of a potent plant compound found in broccoli. Here we go. It began as a shopping trip. One evening, two decades ago, Paul Talalay handed a $20 bill to Hans Proaska, 
an, an MD PhD student in his molecular pharmacology lab and sent him to a nearby Northwest uh, Northeast market to buy a variety of fruits and vegetables. In the pale green solutions extracted from those vegetables, Talalay discovered a compound that demonstrated a powerful ability to protect cells from all sorts of damage that can instigate the cancer. The compound Sufluorophane was a particularly abundant in broccoli and other cruciferous vegetables such as cabbage, kale, and Brussels sprouts. Sufluorophane was, was shown to be especially abundant in sprouted broccoli seeds. Since then, dozens of journal articles have flowed from the discovery, and the sulforaphane is now the subject of weekly journal articles. And Paul uh, Talalay said, I could not have predicted it would have had such a profound scientific influence. At the same time, backed by evidence from his lab and others, Talalay had broadened the scope of his vision. Not, it's not only cancer that sulforaphane might guard against. It's the broad array of chronic diseases as a concept he calls chemoprotection. To develop this concept, Talalay is now expanding the center of chemoprotection, which is the base within the Institute for Basic Biomedical Sciences. Supported by a recent influx of funds from uh, philanthropic sources, as well as the IBBS and School of Medicine, the center will quadruple its lab and office space and hire several new faculty members. The university needs an interdisciplinary program that transcends disease categories and has as its main focus the prevention delay of onset, or slowing the progression of chronic disease associated with aging, says Talalay. Now, keep in mind here, like they're spending millions of dollars, you know, they're getting all these, this money from filling uh, these rich folks, but you don't, you don't need it. You just go to nature. It, you don't need to study it. That's why I like Ann Wigmore, who started the Hippocrates Health Institute. She's like, wheatgrass healed me? Drink wheatgrass. She didn't know that there was 74. 4,000 phytochemicals in it. She just know it worked. And you don't need to know that either. But if you want the science, I mean, here it is. You can go science crazy. I'll finish the article now. The shopping expedition undertaken by Prochaska uh, that launched all of this began as a scientific conjecture. Epidemiological studies had shown, says Talalay, that people who eat lots of fruits and vegetables have lower rates of cancer. At the same time, Talalay had conducted studies that showed cells themselves possess a network of enzymes that can act as endogenous defenses against the everyday ravages that can assault the cell. Oxidative stress, toxic DNA damaging chemicals. We talk about that all the time over here at Chemical Free Body. Those darn microscopic noceum chemicals that are getting and damaging your DNA. He also said inflammation and solar radiation. Okay, putting those two facts together, Talalay hypothesized that certain chemicals in fruits and veggies activate these enzymes or their genes, inducing them to ramp up activity that normally functions at less than maximum capacity. So fluorophane turned out to be a potent inducer of these protective enzymes. We just spoke about enzymes earlier, how important they are. Talalay then persuaded Jed Fahey, a plant physiologist who later earned his doctorate in human nutrition, to develop the principle of exploiting cruciferous vegetables for chemoprotection. Um, Fahey set up a greenhouse for growing the plants they'd need on the top floor of the Johns Hopkins Hospital. Pretty cool. So the idea was not embraced by the mainstream said Fahey, a research associate in pharmacology who holds a joint appointment at the School of Public Health. Indeed, says Talalay, colleagues took him aside and said that he was jeopardizing his reputation by focusing on cancer prevention rather than treatment. 
Think about that. Again, I'm going to read that. So this is how corrupt and just misguided most of these people are. They just don't, or they just don't know. They just don't know. We'll just say that because there could be some good folks there. And I'm sure there is. Indeed, says Talley, colleagues took him aside and said that he was jeopardizing his reputation by focusing on cancer prevention, prevention rather than treatment. Oh, geez. What a concept. However, sub, sub, uh, however, the research has, in a sense, vindicated Talley's views. There is a growing recognition that the prevention of cancer and other chronic diseases must become a central strategy in health management, he says. Over the years, studies have accumulated in support of Talley's hypothesis. One set of research found on a Heliobacter pylori, a bacterium that is strongly associated with inflammation of the stomach lining, ulcers, and stomach cancer. In animal studies, says Fahey, they found that broccoli sprout extract confers dramatic protection against H. pylori infection and associated gastritis and inflammation. How many people today are dealing with that kind of stuff? Sprouts, baby, got to get those sprouts in you. Okay, they also conducted a study involving 48 patients with H. pylori infections in which half the volunteers ate 2.5 ounces of broccoli sprouts per day for two months and half ate the equivalent amount of alfalfa sprouts, which do not contain sulforaphane. During the experiment, biomarkers of infection dropped significantly in the volunteers eating broccoli sprouts, but not in those receiving the alfalfa sprouts. Indirect evidence of reduced infection and inflammation. So I just want to point something out here before I finish this article is that they were getting benefits from the alfalfa sprouts, but it just wasn't targeted towards um, this H. pylori deal. That's where the sulforaphane from the cruciferous vegetables like the broccoli and the broccoli sprouts was working. That's why you wanna eat all kinds of sprouts and all kinds of vegetables. Remember, you know, human beings, we used to eat over 300 different types of foods when we were nomadic, we were walking around, eating, doing stuff. And what ended up happening was we now eat about 52 foods over and over and over and over again. So we're very limited on how many foods we're eating. That's why it's so important to get a wide variety of sprouts because all of them have all these different phytochemicals and enzymes, hormones, and oxygen that can help to pr prevent and protect you from disease. All right, I promise I'm gonna finish. <laughs> other studies have provided hints that sulforaphane might also thwart a variety of other cancers, including cancer of the liver, bladder, breast, and prostate. But now, says Talalay, Limiting the principle of chemoprotection to cancer was a mistake. The factor that assault cells, oxidation, DNA, damaging chemicals, radiation, and inflammation are all fundamental to chronic diseases. So sulforaphane or other compounds like it could protect cells and tissues against the host of diseases associated with those ravages. Mounting evidence supports that notion, says Talalay. In one study, scientists in the United Kingdom examined whether sulforaphane might protect blood vessels from the vascular damage that can occur in diabetes as glucose levels surge. The researchers bathed blood vessel cells in a high sugar solution. Then they added sulforaphane and found that the compound dramatically decreased the level of oxygen-free radicals, reactive species that can damage the cells and boosted levels of protective enzymes. Other studies provided uh, provide evidence that sulforaphane containing broccoli sprouts might also confer protection against asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, or other respiratory illnesses. Um, let's talk about COVID, right? Um, in other clinical studies, uh, in another clinical study that is now underway, Talalay and Fahey are investigating whether a broccoli sprout extract can prevent radiation dermatitis in breast cancer patients undergoing radiation treatment. Overall, more than a dozen clinical trials 
at various institutions are examining the health and protective benefits of broccoli sprouts. So Fahey and Tallahay um, emphasize, however, that there are limitations to the implications of those findings. Much of the evidence is in favor of sulforaphane comes from indirect evidence, biomarkers that correspond with reduced risk, for instance, not the same as showing people who eat broccoli sprouts have lower rates of particular diseases. Still, everywhere they looked, they found that sulforaphane enhances the cell's ability to protect itself against disease. For now, says Talalay, the imagination of those chemicals might be applied appears to have no limits. So, end of article. So what is so exciting about this is that when you realize the unlimited healing and health protective properties in all plants, I'm talking about herbs and bark and roots and trees and algaes and sea veggies and lichens and sprouts. And all we have to do is eat them, put them on our skin, inhale them, get our hands in the dirt, brush out, brush our teeth with them, you know, um, and wash our bodies with them. And how, and, and if we did all this all the time, and when I talk about inhale them, I'm talking about smoking marijuana. I'm talking about essential oils, extracts from plants that you can put in diffusers and breathe those things in. How could we possibly get sick if we're always bathing ourselves in multiple different ways? The way we, what we eat and what we drink and what we breathe and what goes on our skin. And we're constantly bathing ourselves in hundreds of thousands, if not millions of these phytochemicals like sulforaphane. I think the answer is that you know that it would be better for you. And I can tell you, I'm doing all of that stuff and I'm learning and I'm always implementing more. I, I drink really good water and I, I'll drink some essential oils too. I put eucalyptus in my water sometimes. That's a great thing for people with asthma. Um, I also, you know, I, I, I have a diffuser going right now. I'm breathing in diffused essential oils. I put essential oils on my body. I eat sprouts. I grow sprouts like crazy. Um, I'm always getting all these phytochemicals. I have natural soaps that also have essential oils. They're plant-based. My shampoos are this. I don't even use shampoo anymore. I just use these soap bars now. But when I was buying shampoos, I got really high quality ones with no sodium lauryl sulfate, which is a, a known carcinogen, cancer causer. Okay. So that was a big section. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cover which seeds to get and tips on how to get started sprouting so you can get all these phytochemi phytochemicals into your body and into your family's body. We'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently. We're proud it's chemical free unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Okay, Health Heroes, Tim James here. I'm back. I'm really excited about this episode on sprouting. You can probably tell because I'm just rambling on about all this cool stuff and how it can protect you and heal you and all these neat things about sprouts. So again, I want to uh, share with you a testimony from Justin um, from Washington State about sprouting. He said, 
I just had a follow-up with my cardiologist and my blood pressure was 110 over 80. My, and he told me it was way higher than that. Um, um, after, uh, and, and okay. And he's, his weight is down 60 pounds. I'm back to the weight I was before my stroke and I'm working to get down another 10 pounds. Thanks for your help with sprouting and your products are amazing. Yay. That's so cool. So I know this, this gentleman, he's lost, um, over 80 pounds, uh, or 60 pounds in the last year and a half, but I was really, you know, I, anytime people have high blood pressure, that's scary. That's like, do not mess around territory. If you have high blood pressure, you got to get on that because it can, it can damage you. It could actually kill you. So you don't want to mess around with that. All right. So let's get into these, let's get into these sprouts. So first off, I want to go for number one, easy, easy peasy. Let's talk about beans. Okay. And we're talking about these, we're going to be sprouting these in water. So these would technically be called hydroponic. There's no dirt needed. These are going to be very simple. Now, the ones I would recommend that you get just to start off are some type of a lentil, like a red lentil or a green lentil or a French lentil. Um, also, mung beans are really good. These are very easy to sprout. Those are those little succulent Chinese bean sprouts. They're literally ready in two and a half days. So are the lentils. And then also fenugreek. Fenugreek is very, very um, simple to sprout. Aduki beans are also good. Garbanzo beans, all of these. But for starters, I would recommend lentils, mung beans, and fenugreek. Those are the easiest to do. And of those, I would probably say lentils. Um, lentils would probably be the simplest. Okay. Those would be the easiest. So how do you do it? It's really easy. You take your lentils and you put them in a container. Maybe it's, and try to stay away from plastic if you can, but if you can't do what you can, um, use a glass jar. That'd be preferred. And, um, maybe you use like a, oh, like a two quart Mason jar with a big mouth on it and then throw in there. Um, well, it just kind of depends. I, I, I haven't done it that way. Cause I have two quart. Yeah. Mine are two quart. So I'm just trying to think what it was. It's um, spacing it. Anyway, throw a cup. I'm going to say two cups of seeds in there. Two cups of seeds. You might have to do a little bit less, a little bit more. Two cups of seeds. And then you're just going to fill it up with some water. And you're going to let that soak for about six to eight hours or overnight. That's fine. Overnight's fine. Then you're going to wake up. Now, here's one point that people always miss. You only soak the seeds one time. You don't soak them twice. Once and done. Just be very clear on that. So soak seed once and done. In the morning, you're going to pour that off, drain it, rinse it off, and then you're going to let it drain really good. This is big important point number two. Drain really good. Don't just pour it off and then, oh, that's pretty good. And then, you know, all those little seeds or beans or grains or nuts still have water all around the edges and they're going to continue to percolate down to the bottom and then they're going to be that water will be sitting in the bottom and then those nuts are going to be setting in it or the seeds or the beans are going to be setting in it and that's where you start having where they, they rot because they can't breathe remember they need carbon dioxide they're now that you've soaked them in water they've become alive they've re, they've released um these enzymes have become active they've released all these natural and poisons that protect them from the last bug eating them they're automatically like eight times more digestible. So we all need that with all the digestive tract issues today. So, okay. So soak it once and then next day, drain the water, 
and then rinse it off really good and then drain it really, really, really good. I mean, really good. And you can buy sprouting equipment and I'll show you, you can just go to gotsprouts.com. They have sprouting equipment and drain racks that you can put to make it easy. And what you can do is you can buy these mason jars with the big mouths on them or sprouting jars and they have lids on them with stainless steel screens. So it's easy. I mean, you literally just like soak it in the morning, you dump the water off, then you fill it back up with water, stir it around a little bit, shake it, and then tip it upside down in that sprouting rack and it, and leave and walk away. And it sits there and drains for you. It's genius. Then you come back at night, you rinse it off with water again, flip it upside down and let it drain really well. You're going to do this for about two to two and a half days. And then you're going to have the lentils, the mung beans, and the fenugreek are going to be ready and then what you want to do is you want to transfer them into the refrigerator. You can actually leave them in that jar, but make sure the screen's on top because you want them to have air. They have to have a little bit of air. And then you just rinse them off every two or three days and then give them one rinse every two to three days, maybe four days. It depends on the coolness of your fridge and all that. And then, uh, oh, and another good side note is keep your fridge about 36 to, to 40 degrees right in there, 30, 34 to 40. If you get down in the 34 ranges, you got to be careful because sometimes if your stuff, your veggies, your sprouts or whatever is too close to the, the airflow coming in, you could freeze them and ruin them. You don't want to do that. So just be careful. If that happens, it sucks. And then you got to learn how to put them in a different spot. You'll figure it out. You, that's It's a learning process. Okay. So those are the easiest ones to do. No dirt, glass jars, all water, done. All right. Now the next one's take a little bit more work. These are, these are the little baby leafy sprouts. So these are like broccoli, red clover, alfalfa, onion sprouts, which are super high in sufflorothane, even more than broccoli, garlic sprouts as well. They're higher. Um, radish sprouts. Just be very careful with the radish because they're spicy, man. They're hot. So if you're going to grow radish sprouts, you're going to sprinkle them into a salad and mix them in. You don't want to eat them by themselves. They're just too hot unless you're just like you know, uh, you want a little pain, you know, you want to have a little competition or you want to, you know, um, play a joke on somebody. Um, so what I do is I like radish because again, I'm trying to get this full spectrum. I'm trying to eat as many sprouts as I possibly can all the time. So I'll take like, you know, alfalfa sprouts, and then I'll put a little bit of broccoli sprout in there, a third alfalfa, a third broccoli and a third radish. And then I'll soak them together. Here's how you do these. Exactly. You get a gallon glass jar. And this doesn't have to be expensive. Like there's restaurants, they're throwing away jars like this all the time. You can go get these for free at restaurants because they're always buying stuff. And then they, they, they're done with it and they toss it. Free gallon glass jars, right? And again, then just get the lids with a stainless steel top on them and then you're dialed, okay? All right, so what you do is you put three quarters of a cup of these tiny little seeds, whether it's alfalfa, broccoli, red clover, onion, radish, three quarters of a cup, and when it's all done, that whole gallon glass jar will be perfectly full of these little microgreens, these little baby sprouts. These are the ones, if you remember back in the day, the hoagies and the sub sandwiches, they put them on there and they're really awesome, but then they outlawed it because of E. coli and salmonella, um, which, you know what, maybe I should cover that right now. Um, so E. coli and salmonella, where does it come from? It comes from poor animal husbandry. What is that? It's when animals like cows, like back over in East Oregon where I grew up, they're put in pens and they urinate and defecate and they step and they walk and they live in it. 
this is the perfect breeding ground for all these E. coli's and salmonellas. It's nasty. Same thing with chickens and commercial turkeys. They just have them living on top of themselves. It's gross. That's where this crap starts. Then they take the manure and they spread, and then they get rid of it and they spread it out on the fields for, for um, fertilizer. You just want to make sure if you want to avoid E. coli and salmonella, it's really simple. Buy your seeds and make sure the seeds are not, they were, the crop was not grown in animal manure. If you avoid that, then pff, it's pretty simple. That's why high quality seeds, again, go to gotsprouts.com and get your seeds and then you don't have to deal with that stuff. Okay. And you don't want to. I have never had an issue. I remember I grew for 40 to 50 people a week. I took on that risk. I wasn't worried about it. I had high quality seeds and, you know, they try to fear you. They fear you can't have sprouts because they'll kill you. They'll put a front page like they did on the Oregonian here in Portland. Uh, sprouts are bad and people are, you know, you know, um, getting sick from sprouts. Well, you can get sick from chicken. You know, I got food poisoning because um, this local restaurant didn't cook my chicken well enough. You know, so it doesn't really matter. It can come on vegetables too. E. coli come and salmonella comes from, from nasty conditions on animals. Avoid the animal manure. There are some other things you can do. You know, you just make sure that everything's cleaned. Um, I think I cover that a little bit later. Um, we'll talk about cleaning your equipment. You know, we use 35% uh, food grade or 12% food grade hydrogen peroxide um, and also um, um, uh, vinegar. But we'll get into that in a moment. Okay, so I just want to talk about that because it's just it's really frustrating because, oh, don't have it because E. coli and salmonella. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's one of the most powerful things. I just read you guys a whole statement from Harvard University, um, uh, or excuse me, Johns Hopkins University on how powerful sulforaphane is. It's an active ingredient in broccoli sprouts. So why wouldn't you want to put sprouts in there? Just do it right. You don't have to worry about this stuff. Okay, so to finish, same process. These little baby sprouts, one gallon glass jar, three quarters of a cup. And side note, broccoli gets kind of tangly. So I wouldn't recommend doing all broccoli together because it's kind of a pain in the butt to deal with. Always mix broccoli with something else. At least 50-50. I prefer a third because broccoli gets tangly. So radish is a little hot. Broccoli's tangly. Alfalfa and red clover, you can do three quarters of a cup with those and have no issues or onion sprouts whatsoever. I would recommend always doing a blend with broccoli and radish because of the tangliness and the hotness of the radish, okay? So with that said, you three quarters of a cup, gallon glass jar, dump it in there, put a little bit of water in there. You don't need a lot. Soak it overnight <clears throat> or four, five, six hours, whatever. These are tiny seeds. They don't need to soak as long, but I just do it overnight. It's easy. In the morning, I dump the seeds. You know, I strain the seeds. I dump all that water off and then I put fresh water in it, swirl it around, and then I tip it upside down, put it in the rack, or if you want to, you can put like a mesh covered deal over the top of it and sit there and hold it and really, really drain it. Again, these more importantly than any of them, they're so small that they really have to drain good. Otherwise, you're going to have problems. And then it's the same process. You come home at night, you rinse them and you drain them really, really, really good. And you repeat this process morning and night for about seven to nine days. Now, somewhere about day five, six, they're going to be growing good and you're going to see a lot of dead holes. H-U-L-L-S. This is the hole. This is the, 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 it's like a little chunk of wood that was surrounding the seed on the inside. Kind of like the, the almond, you know, has the nut inside of that hole. Okay. The, the, you, they're going to start falling off as the seeds, as the plant breaks through and it's going to push them off. 
And those can cause, those can make the whole batch go bad. So what you do on, on day five, six, especially if you're in a hot, hot, hot house or it's a warm climate, it's really warm in the house, no air conditioning, then you take a big tub, like a stainless steel bowl, pour them in there and fill it up with water, fill it up to the top. And then sh- as it's filling up, shaking them with your fingers and rinse them around, shake them, shake them, shake them and shake all those holes off of the plants. What's going to happen is that a lot of those holes are going to float to the top and then you can skim them and brush them off. And then you grab the sprouts and then you're going to put them back in the jar and you might need a little like a, a strainer, like that little, like a really fine net, like a, like a nut, not, not, not a nut milk bag, but you've seen them. There's the metal ones. There's also ones that are like um, plastic. I prefer the metal ones. And then uh, I just don't like plastic. And then you cover it and then you scoop them all out and then you put them in the jar. And then again, you drain it really well. Now what you're going to see also is a bunch of dead seeds on the bottom that didn't sprout because not all seeds are going to germinate. That's just the way it works in nature. So you want to get high germination seeds and um, then you can get rid of those too. So the dead seeds and those dead holes are going to cause problems in these little micro sprouts. So you want to get rid of those and then drain it really good and put it back up into the window and make sure it's getting light. And then over the next day or two, they're going to green up very nicely, very nicely. And then you can, again, then you can transfer them into their fridge. There are, you can go down to like, um, uh, certain like stores. Um, we have one here called, uh, was it called, uh, bed bath and beyond. Um, there's another one called the container store and they have containers. Um, even like Fred Meyer here locally has these containers where they have a top on the side. There's a little turn thing where you can get some airflow in there and the bottom has holes in it. It's awesome. And then in the bottom inside of it, there's a little green thing, like a little rack that has little legs on it and it just gives it about a quarter inch above, uh, above the bottom. And it's really, it's really cool because that way they can drain really well and they can get the ox or the carb, carbon dioxide they need to live. So once you, they're greened up, you put them in these things, cover the top, turn that thing open on the side. They'll have the air from the bottom. And then guess what? Then you can put them in the fridge and they're going to be good for up to over a week. If you do the process right, these sprouts can be good up to two weeks. Then all you have to do is rinse them off with water every three, four days, two, three, four days, give them one rinse, drain them really good, and then put them back in the fridge. I put a towel down in the refrigerator and then you're, then you're, and then you're, and then you're dialed. Beautiful towel, put it in there and you're good to go. All right. Now that's how you do that one. Um, now the last one is sprouts in soil. We grow sunflower, pea sprouts, buckwheat, and wheatgrass. And why? Because these are 30 times more nutritious than fresh picked vegetables. They're the top. They're the big ones. So, um, sunflower is a complete food. Um, you could literally exist on them. They have the high quality proteins, all the amino acids, it's got the fatty acids or the fats already broken in fatty acids. It's got everything. Pea sprouts um, are really good for, um, they have something called lecithin in. It's really good for cleaning up the arteries. Buckwheat's great. Just don't juice it because it makes the juice all slimy. We juice sunflower pea and uh, put those in our juices, but buckwheat, that's only for salads and stuff like that. Um, Wheatgrass juice. Now what you do is we get these 17 by 17 inch trays and I buy them from a company called McConkie. We'll put that down below in the show notes or the show description down below. You just go to McConkie Company. You want the 17 by 17 inch grass flats. 
You have to buy 60 at a time. I know you're never probably, you're probably not going to use that many, but if you can get some other people sprouting, then you can sell them to them. And that's what you got to do. That's I started off with 60 of them. They're a big company, a supply store for people that, you know, do a lot of commercial growing, but those are perfect because those trays um, hold the water perfectly, but they also drain they're just, they're built perfect for this. And all right. So here's your tips. Number one, you want your temperature to be about 74, 75 degrees. That's optimal. Sprouts will grow between 50 and 80 degrees. The hotter it is, the more airflow you're going to need. So if it starts getting over 75 degrees, you're probably going to have to set up a little fan and have a fan running all the time to get the airflow. Otherwise you could have mold issues. If you do have mold issues and the fan doesn't work and everything's clean, it's probably you have shitty seeds and you're going to need to get new, new seeds. That's why I gave you gotsprouts.com because they have good seeds. That, there's nothing more frustrating to put all this together and you get crappy seeds and you have a pile of mess. I did that for six months, but I didn't stop until I figured it out and I got my good suppliers. I'm trying to make it easy for you guys so you can cut through the learning curve. Um, your humidity, you want that to be 50% is optimal. You can buy a humidifier to bring it up, or you can bring a, buy a dehumidifier to bring it down a little bit um, if you need to. I had to get a dehumidifier for my garage because all the water in there, water and, you know, all those plants. Um, light. If there's enough light to see in the room, there's enough light to sprout. You don't need any sprouting lights, literally. And you, do, you don't want them in direct sunlight. That'll just torch them, especially wheatgrass. They'll, they'll get old fast that way. If you're going to get lights, hang some ballast and use full spectrum or wide spectrum lights. And LEDs are nice because they use less electricity. Um, but the other ones are fine, especially if you have a cold home and you keep the temperature low, the, the regular lights will warm it up a little bit. And that's kind of nice. So um, build the racks. You can buy the racks at like um, Home Depot that um, that will fit the trays. You can get two 17 by 17 inch of those grass flats on these they're like 50, 60, 80 bucks. And you can build these things in like five minutes. You can put these racks, they're plastic. They're easy to clean off. They come apart. If you need to move, they're light. They're really easy. I'd get those. Just look at them online. They're like 58 bucks Home Depot. Those places have them. And then um, those are awesome. Then you need to put something down below to catch the water or put a mat because if you have wood floors or something like that, you could mess it up. Also, maybe you need to put some type of a, a covering on a wall because if you're not if you're just kind of liberal when you're spraying water and getting water over the place, you'll cause um, dry rot on your wall. But even if you had dry rot, who cares? You could fix that darn thing as long as you're not dry rotting your body with crappy food. That's why you want to put sprouts in. But I'm very meticulous with my sprouts. I clean my trays very well. Um, I water perfectly so that it's just enough for the tray, but the tray just barely drips or doesn't drip. I just, I've, it's like a, an art almost. You get a watering deal to do it inside the house. Um, You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. You have to get a little, you know, like a water deal and you just pour it and it's, it sprays it out there on it. Um, I can't remember what those things are called, but um, let's see here. Okay. So, um, so light's important. Um, and what'll happen is if you, if you want your stuff to be really green, then you put the ballast on there and just, you start at the bottom and you work them up to the top, you green them up for a day or two and then move them down and then move the next ones up and green them up and then use them. And they just keep going up. You keep planting and they just keep going up. Just like in the, the gallon glass jars with like the, you know, the alfalfa sprouts. As soon as you're done harvesting, clean that jar out really good with um, apples or with vinegar or, you know, um, or with the hydrogen peroxide, just be careful. Don't burn yourself if it's too strong. 
and and then you know clean it up and then put three quarters of cups of seeds in there and soak it again and boom and just keep it going and after a while you develop a routine and it becomes really easy um, also for the for these ones that you're going to grow in trays um, you're going to need some soil i would recommend a clean soil just make sure there's no manure in it, it doesn't have to be organic they're not going to be pulling a lot of nutrients in through the soil in eight or nine days. That's all it takes for these things to be ready. But what I would recommend is that you get some ocean minerals from uh, ocean minerals, oceans, ocean solutions.com. We'll also put that link below in the show description. Then when you're soaking your seeds, whether any seed, any nut seed, grain or bean, anything that you soak, put like a little quarter teaspoon in the water Stir it around and you'll totally load up um, the, the, these, these seeds and nuts and grains and beans will just soak in these minerals. And man, I'm telling you what, it's way better. I know a guy that actually owns that company, Ocean Solutions. He had fingernail issues where his fingernails were just kind of like nasty. They wouldn't grow, cracky, falling off all the time, brittle. And somebody said, wheatgrass could help you. So he started juicing wheatgrass and it didn't work. He added his ocean minerals to the soaking process of the wheatgrass. And then guess what? His, nail, his nails healed. OceanSolutions.com. It's a great stuff. And if you're for your gardeners out there that are listening, you want to have a bumper crop, you just water your garden with this stuff one time in, in the springtime and just follow the directions. On the, I mean, a gallon will last you sprouting inside. I sprout all the time. I, I It'll last you over a year. Easy, maybe two, three years. You don't need very much. This is highly concentrated ocean minerals. You do it on your garden. For you farmers out there, you already have these chemical fertilizer spraying units. You don't need to retool. All you have to do is put in the ocean solutions, the proper mix with water and go spray your crop. And guess what? You're going to have bumper crops. That's what's going to happen. You're going to be replacing what's missing in the soil. And it's a lot less expensive um, than, you know, using like rock dust and the amount of effort it takes to put the rock dust out on the, the um, which is good still, and then till it all in and do all that stuff. You already have these sprayers, change it over and you'll have less. You won't need as much larvicides and pesticides and fungicides and herbicides. Why? Because the plants are going to be stronger. They're going to be more hardy and they're going to be less susceptible to disease and bugs and fungus and all this other stuff. Healthy soil, minerals, all this stuff, healthy plants, healthy people. That's how it works. All right. So we covered temperature. We covered humidity, um, light, um, Let's talk about cleaning your equipment. Again, after you use a tray or a jar, clean it with vinegar or food-grade hydrogen peroxide and water as directed. Just be careful with the food-grade food grade hydrogen peroxide. It's pretty strong stuff, especially if you get 35%. It will burn you until you dilute it down. All right, let's talk about seed storage. The general rule for storing organic seeds is in a cool, dark, dry place. And... If you have seeds with holes on them, they still have the covering on them, you don't want to store those in a refrigerator. I use five-gallon plastic buckets with a screw lid on the tops to make them uh, more permanent. And then I mark them with a permanent marker, like this is wheatgrass, or I got tons and tons of tons of seeds downstairs. This is also awesome for an emergency. Like if, if things go really bad and the supply chains don't do anything and we can't get food and people are raiding stores and going crazy, I ain't worried about it. I got years worth of food in five gallon buckets that I can sprout and I can eat. And I have the most nutritious food on the planet. I would also recommend you have a wild edible book. That way, if you need to go out and forage, you know what to do 
one little book and gallon, five gallon buckets full of seeds will do you good. You can also buy more expensive type, longer term metal, super sealed storage units. That's fine. Um, and if you are going to do that, you can also put diametaceous earth for long term seed storage. Put, put a little bit in the bottom, put in some seeds, put a little bit more, put in some seeds and then put some on the top. Diametaceous earth is like microscopic glass crystals. Little bugs and stuff like that will be just chewed. It'll just kill them. It's just like, it's like you and me like jumping into a swimming pool full of broken glass and trying to crawl our way out of it. it it'll, it'll cut us up and we'll die. That's what diametaceous earth does. But if you put it in there and then when you soak the seeds, it's gone. But if you do drink a little bit or eat a little bit of it, it's not going to hurt you. It'll just go into your digestive tract and whack out a few parasites if you have any of those. So we use gut detox product here. It's much more gentler than diametaceous earth, but diametaceous earth will work. Um, and some people do eat it. Um, I've done it before we had our gut detox product. It's pretty awesome stuff. So that's, um, and if you do these seeds properly, they'll last one to three years, if not longer. And the seeds with holes will usually last one year. And then after that, they kind of get less effective, but they can last a lot longer than that. I mean, seeds, wheat seeds from Tutankhamun's uh, tomb was taken out over in Egypt, thousand years old, and they sprouted them and they still grew. All right. So seeds are pretty, they'll last a long time. All right. So clean your equipment. Um, also, once you're done, if you harvest sprouts and you have a little extra and you can't eat them right there on the spot, you guys want to get yourself some Everett Fresh Green Bags. These are produce bags that contain a natural mineral called Oya in them that absorb the ethylene gas that plants expel. This is going to keep your sprouts and your vegetables fresh. I learned about this and I'm like, oh my God, how did I not know about this before? These bags are reusable. So what you do is you get the bags and I recommend you get the big bags, you can get the mediums and the smalls, but make sure you get lots of big ones, the larger, extra largest. And as soon as you start using it, take a, a Sharpie, a little permanent marker and put the date on it. I know January 23rd or whatever, 2021. And then about four or five months later, then you toss it. So you can use it for four or five months. You just clean them off, soap and water lightly, and then and shake them off inside, shake them off outside, and then and then kind of stand them up or hang them, let them dry and reuse them over and over again. And I promise you, you're going to have fresher veggies and sprouts than you've ever had in your life. And you're going to love it. All right. Um, so where do you go get your seeds and sprouting equipment? I would go to gotsprouts.com. That's gotsprouts.com. Um, um, I've met Sean. I've been there to their, they're down by the Hippocrates Health Institute. They work with them. Um, I'm going to try to get Sean on the show. So hopefully um, you guys maybe can reach out to him and say, Hey, I heard about you from Tim James, the health hero over at uh, the health hero show and chemicalfreebody.com. You should get on his, get on his podcast. So you guys could blast him a little bit. Um, I'll just, I'll get a hold of him too. And then um, that'd be a lot of fun. We'll have him on the show for a, a sprout recap and um, hopefully by then you guys will have some of the, some of the sprouts you've ordered some of the seeds and the sprouting equipment from him. And then you guys can start telling us about and commenting on like how sprouting's going for you. Um, also those gro growing trays are at McConkie. That's uh, McConkieCo.com. Again, that'll be in the description down below in the show notes and then OceanSolutions.com for those ionic ocean minerals that are fantastic. So I want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart for listening today. Um, sprouting is near and dear to me. It's a game changer. It's easy to do. It is such a three, 360 win. It's like what an easy way to get fresh 
the freshest foods on the planet into your house, into your body, into your family's body, 365 days a year. It's awesome. They're very small and compact. They're great for digestion. They give you energy. They give you vitality. They help you heal. They protect you from all the crap going on and this chemical pollution and all the things that we're dealing with today. And um, they're game changers. And they literally plug you back into nature inside of your home. And they empower you. And they put, like again, they put you back into the driver's seat so that you're in control of your health and not relying on a broken food system and a broken medical system that obviously isn't working. We have to get back to nature. We have to get back to our instincts and we have to get back to the things that produce results. So again, I hope you guys like this episode. Please like, leave some comments, share this episode. Um, for all of those of you that are listening around the world, I hope that you can get some seeds in your area and some of these other countries um, abroad. I know we have listeners all over the place. I know some places it's really tough, but if you can get your hands on anything, sprouts, usually mung beans are usually the easiest in, in some, some of the uh, other foreign countries outside the United States. Um, but again, thank you for listening to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And until next time, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again real soon. Bye. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. Ha, ha, ha.